0: want to focus our attention on this text by saying this the value of the blessings received from giving is ever so much greater than the amount given Deuteronomy chapter 14 verses 22 through 29 now God's word for God's people You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year and before the Lord your God in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall eat the tithe of your grain of your wine and of your oil and the firstborn of your herd and flock that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And if the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe when the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far from you which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there. Then you shall turn, turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses. And spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice you and your household and you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns for he has no portion or inheritance with you at the end of every three years you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns and the Levite because he has no portion or inheritance with you And the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled. The Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. The word of the Lord is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And I trust that you believe, as do I, the words of scripture, when it says God's word revives the soul. And may his word revive our souls even today. You may be seated. Let us pray. Father, we commit ourselves to you. We know that everything that we do in this place this morning is worthless. If it is not done by faith, and if you are not empowering our worship, And certainly when it comes to the efficacy of the preached Word of God, it all depends on you, Holy Spirit, and so work today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am all about getting a great deal. There is absolutely no telling how much gas money I have wasted driving all over town to save five bucks. There's no telling how much time I have wasted online searching for the very best deal. Let's get a deal, Tim. I take that as a compliment, by the way, but some people have labeled me as let's get a deal, Tim. I strive for the greatest value at the cheapest price. Well, we must never ever think of financial stewardship And by the way, today is Stewardship Sunday, so Deuteronomy kind of slid that in on us. We should never think about financial stewardship as giving to get. But there's absolutely no argument about this, that when we give, what we receive in blessings far outweighs the amount of our gifts. And I would like for us to consider this today my goal is first and foremost not to provide a full treatment of giving and financial stewardship but to look at the text before us and to focus on the three blessings that we see there as Moses taught that new generation about the principle of tithing and then second I want us to think more about giving in terms of what God does with our gifts and how he blesses us and he blesses others than simply about what percentage should I give because I becoming more and more convinced that giving is not so much about percentage but it is about giving to the Lord entrusting it to him that not only might we receive his blessing but that we would see how he blesses others with our gifts so there are three blessings I would encourage us to think about today one blessing learning to fear God the second blessing celebration celebrating God as the one who provides for all of our needs and the third blessing caring for others three blessings that we see in this text that encourage us with regards to financial stewardship one blessing the first blessing is Financial stewardship enables us to learn to fear God. The principle of tithing that that Moses taught that new generation dates back to Abram, Abraham, but at this point in Scripture, Abram in Genesis chapter 14, where he offers a tithe of all that he had to the king and prophet of Salem, Melchizedek. We also see tithing in many places in Scripture, but first and foremost in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 27, in Numbers chapter 18, and even later in chapter 26 of Deuteronomy where the principle of tithing and the principle of first fruits is taught by Moses. Well, what is a tithe? If you look at verse 22, the verb that is, that is uh, translated tithe, simply means to take a tenth of to take a tenth of the whole it's like having a pie and it is taking that pie and cutting it into equal pieces and taking one piece and then the remaining pieces would be for someone else's use so the one piece would be the tithe a tenth of a pie and the other nine pieces would be for some other purpose but no no it would be for me to eat so you get one piece I get nine pieces that's the principle of tithing when it comes to pies do you believe that? Moses instructed the new generation, you shall tithe, you shall take a tenth. Take a tenth of what? Notice what he says in verses 22 through 23. You shall tithe all, all Moses says. It's important to understand the all, as some might try to do, as not referring to the surplus. He's not saying all the surplus, no. What he is saying is, all i.e. the whole the whole take a tenth of the whole crop take the firstborn from the whole flock the tithe was to be based on taking a tenth of all the produce the grain the wine the oil and the firstborn from the herd and so in our context it would be Financial stewardship is based on the gross, not the net. All is the principle that we find here. And here are a couple of examples. Examples where we see very clearly that giving financial stewardship is not just from the surplus, not just from one's abundance, but from the whole, the all. Turn with we. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. We'll not read this, but it's the story of the poor widow. And here she comes, you remember the story, where there are two little copper coins, and she comes to the offering box there at the temple. And her two little copper coin offering is contrasted with the wealthy who come, likely with pomp and circumstance, as they present their offerings, the difference is the poor widow, as Jesus tells us, those two copper coins represent her abundance? No, her all. All that she had to live on. And the wealthy come, and their offering represents what's in their surplus. They give out of their abundance. The poor widow gives out of her poverty, as Jesus says. And Jesus commends her for that. That her gift was greater in the eyes of God. Another example would be the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. They were giving to care for the saints. In Jerusalem who were suffering and listen to what Paul says we want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for in a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty they gave out of their poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part financial stewardship is based on the all not the surplus some of you have been around long enough you remember our financial stewardship campaigns to build the fellowship hall and this building and the motto went something like this not equal gifts not equal amounts but equal sacrifice the tithe was to be taken to the place God will choose to set his name. And here, Moses is anticipating the future sanctuary in Jerusalem. And and what was the purpose of taking a tenth of all and presenting it to the Lord as an offering? Moses tells us in verse 23, "...that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always." And we can simply replace the word fear with respect or trust or dependence on. So, over the last couple of Sundays, as we've been working through these passages out of Deuteronomy, we've spoken a lot last few Sundays about the problem of idolatry. And anything can be an idol. We don't need to think of an idol just simply being some little wooden or stone statue, <laughs> it could be anything. It could be family, but certainly one of the greatest idols that we struggle with is money. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 24 before the passage that Jerry read. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then Jesus says this, you cannot serve God and money. One remedy for money being an idol One remedy for possessions being an idol, one remedy for wealth being an idol is financial stewardship because financial stewardship forces us to live on less and reminds us where our trust needs to be placed and that is the only one who provides, God himself. The remedy also means that we learn to reverence God. We learn to be devoted to him. We learn to put him above our wealth. We learn to acknowledge him as our master, our only master whom we serve. And we are freed from serving money. For the Israelite, they gave back a tenth and trusted God to provide all they needed through The ninety percent that remain. Now, in actuality, the Israelites, if you tallied up all of the offerings, they gave more than a tenth. But for our for today's purposes, we're just simply doing the ten ninety business. So they were forced to live on less. They had less, and they trusted God to provide through their less. I think this is one of the greatest lessons we can learn: to trust God to provide through our less. The principle of tithing taught to the Israelites was not, and it it taught them not to keep trusting their farming equipment, whatever that was in Moses's day. It taught them not. To keep trusting their farming technologies or new technologies that were emerging there in Moses' day. Financial stewardship teaches us not to put our trust in our wealth. Not to put our trust in our bank accounts. Not to put our trust in our investments. But to trust God to provide through our less our less God provides through our less Malachi 3.10 bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the Lord of hosts if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Again, Jerry read from Matthew 6. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Remember, Jerry's reading from Matthew 6, are you not more valuable than a sparrow, than the lilies of the field, and look how God provides for them. I've told this story before, but back when I was at University of Tennessee in graduate school in chemistry, I was paid $400 a month to be a graduate teaching assistant. That is all I had to live on. I had no savings, 400 bucks a month, and the Lord laid on me that I needed to give to the church. Matters not what the percentage was. And by the way, I'm not really interested in percentages today. Uh, If it's 5%, if it's 10%, if it's 25%, that's between you and the Lord. I'm interested in these principles that really speak to the heart. And so I gave out of my 400 bucks, 400 bucks, and this is early 80s, yeah, okay, but still 400 bucks and I had, I had a less to live on. And I was just amazed how God provided for me from my less. <laughs> and the end of the month came, the less might really be less <laughs> and have nothing left over. But yet he provided for me. And the thought came to me as I was reflecting on that lesson I learned way back when by the way that's a lesson that I need to learn afresh today and every day that you can trust God with your needs <laughs> he's able I was in school at UT studying chemistry but in actuality the more important lesson I learned was God's faithfulness and I can trust him with my lesson The blessing of learning to fear God is a blessing of the greatest value at an ever so small cost. Give what God has laid on your heart and he will provide for you through the less. Now the blessing of celebrating God's provision through our less and let me add the blessing of celebrating God's provision through our less for the advancement of his kingdom hey let's have a party you ready you remember the pack shack feed the funnel parties (laughs) when I first heard about this Bruce let me know about this I thought a party what could be so uh, celebrating about getting together and putting all these ingredients together and blah 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 although wearing the hairnet net now the beard net was exciting but it was a party it was a blast to be able to come together and to celebrate our being able to provide meals for the hungry it was a party and by the way we're having a party the first of May, aren't we, Bruce? The feed the funnel party, you gotta come. It's a celebration. You know, as I was studying about this passage, one commentator called verses 23 and 26 a tithe party. Can you believe that? Have you ever have you ever heard anybody link tithe and party together? You mean. You mean, you want me to give my money and celebrate? Yeah, exactly. That's what the scripture tells us to do. An allowance was given for those who lived a great distance away from what would be the future sanctuary in Jerusalem. And, we'll, and, and the allowance went something like this. You collect your tithes from the crops, the grain, the wine, the oil, your firstborn, and say you won't have to carry all that this great distance to Jerusalem, you convert it into money, you sell it, get some cash, hold it tight, and head out for Jerusalem and then when you get to Jerusalem there'll be those who live close by who actually brought their grain, their wine and their oil and their firstborn from their herd, and they 've got all that, but you go buy it buy whatever you want, but by whatever craving your appetite might lead you to buy. Don't you love that? Buy wine. Hey, buy strong drink. It's a party. It's time to celebrate. And then the text goes on to say that you and your household, you gather together with all of God's people there and you eat before the Lord and you rejoice, you party, you celebrate. You party and you celebrate God who provides through your less. You celebrate God's ownership over all. You celebrate God providentially sustaining all. You celebrate God's faithfulness to meet your needs through that 90%. A New Testament expression of this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a giver that parties and celebrates. God's provision. I want to add something else. We also celebrate what God does with the money that we give. And what does he do with it? He furthers the work of his kingdom. Our little bit of money that we give, comparatively speaking, God multiplies and does an incredible, and and allows for incredible work to be done by his people in the world to advance his kingdom. Last year I sent a letter out to you, the congregation, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged of some things that God did in 2019. I want you to be encouraged with some new initiatives that the session had undertaken for 2020. And a few of those initiatives were we, we began supporting Deeper Still. In 20, that was in 2019. But in 2020, we began supporting the RUF Ministry, your University Fellowship Ministry on the campus of Arkansas State in Jonesboro. We also began. Supporting the church plant in Jonesboro, Christ's Redeemer. We also began supporting the church plant in Collierville, Tennessee with Hunter Brewer, Mission Collierville. You see, we not only celebrate what God does with our less, he provides for our needs. But We also celebrate the blessing of our gifts expanding the kingdom of God. Sometimes I think we focus so much on giving that we forget about what those gifts actually do. It furthers gospel ministry across the world, even on the campus, even in communities. The campus minister at at Arkansas State, Austin Brash, who was here earlier in 2019, We need to be encouraged we need to celebrate what God is doing on the campus of ASU. I've talked with Austin and a report about Austin was shared at Presbytery and Austin told me that he's got five Bible studies going. Students getting together throughout the week sitting down with him and studying the book of Genesis. When he first said that I thought Okay, Austin. Genesis. He said, "Yeah, Genesis." Because I want these students to be able to see that that Genesis is just part of this great thing that God is doing in the world. It's part of His mission, and so He's He's showing how Genesis helps us see the mission of God in the world. And He's meeting with these students, and they're getting excited. Many of them didn't even know where Genesis was like the first book of the bible they didn't know where it was many of them don't even know christ and they're coming to meet with austin to study the book of genesis to see how god is working out his great plan ultimately focusing them on the savior jesus now let me tell you something that's something to celebrate that is something to rejoice over, that the money that we give, the ASU Jonesboro, RUF Jonesboro, God is using on that campus to further the work of gospel ministry. The blessing of celebrating God's provisions to meet our needs, a great blessing, but it doesn't stop there. The blessing of God through our less to expand gospel ministry across the world that's something to get excited about and to celebrate and lastly the blessing of caring for others this is the third blessing I want to focus on today caring for others like the landless, the stranger, and the poor that we see in our text today. The tribe Levi was set apart. They were given a special responsibility of the 12 tribes of of Israel. They They were set apart, the Levites, to carry the Ark of the Covenant as they journeyed, but also to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless his name that we see in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 8. They were given no inheritance of land because the Lord was their inheritance. They were, I guess we could view them as a professional church staff of the day. They took care of the things about God's worship. And God provided through them, through the other tribes, giving and caring and meeting meeting their needs. And one provision was that every third year, look at verse 28, every third year the tithe, the produce and the firstborn, that was to be collected, they were not to take it to the central sanctuary in Jerusalem, they were take it to their own town. And there the Levites in that town, but not only the the Levites, the fatherless, the foreigner, the widow, all those who had we could say the poor as well as the Levites were to come, and they were to take from the tithe of the others and to eat to their fill. That in God's principle of tithing, he also incorporated caring for others. And the same is true for our financial stewardship. It is a blessing that the money that we offer to the Lord Not only teaches us to trust God, not only is something that we can celebrate because of of God's provision for us and God's provision for the gospel going forth worldwide, but we can celebrate, we we can be blessed to know that we are part of caring for others in our church and without our church. Because notice that the tithe even included the foreigner which I think is significant. Listen, God's plan is very inclusive. (laughs) Even the stranger was to benefit. So our financial stewardship, Derek and I and our families are very grateful. I guess we could be leave it ish because (laughs) we, we work here at the church. You provide for us. You care for us and care for us well. You care for Peggy and the other staff well but you also care for others. You care for the inner city through STEP, through Dorcas House, through Union Rescue Mission. We give care to the stranger through international friendship, outreach and the Evangelical Alliance for Immigration Services. We give care to the fatherless and the motherless we're we're so concerned and and we seek to be a part of the call the and also adoption services we have a concern for those who are in need who need care because of unplanned pregnancies we're concerned for the unborn and so we seek to support ministries like caring hearts and you know what we're we're concerned for one another And we have a deacon's fund that seeks to cover the needs of those in our own church family who have financial concerns. And we have the blessing and privilege to care for our missionary family through faith promise giving that I talked about earlier today. And we also care for those who are wounded. From the ravages of abortion through Deeper Still. Deeper Still is one of our newer ministries and Jim and Suzanne gave an update on that just a few Sundays ago. Jim gave a wonderful update at the session meeting back in I think it was December wasn't it Jim or maybe January and if you ever wanted to give, know how a little bit of money could be multiplied, it would be like Jesus taking the fish and the loaves and feeding (laughs) 4,000 or 5,000. They just just talk to Jim and Suzanne about what God God is doing with, with ministry like Deeper Still. You know, the money that we gave, as well as the money that other people gave, cared for seven honored guests who were able to attend that weekend at no cost to them, where they experienced a measure of gospel healing that is just amazing. The relatively small amount given by covenant and others has resulted in a blessing whose value cannot be calculated. And let me say this. Sometimes churches, sometimes sessions, sometimes we employ business principles because we want to see our money being used wisely. We want to see results. A ministry like Deeper Still, a ministry like Caring Hearts, A ministry like step may not have any tangible metrics that some other type of investment might have to say yes we've been successful yes our money has been used well no with with regards to ministry we give and we might not see tangible results but we give because the greater result is the result of gospel ministry taking place people's lives being changed the spiritual work that God does it is a blessing to give to care for others and the value of the blessing to the giver and those for whom care is given cannot be represented on a financial report because the blessing is incalculable it is just that great well in conclusion how should we give well I think the New Testament certainly rests on the Old Testament principle of the tithe but as as I said earlier I'm not interested in percentages I'm interested in the heart what should we give We should give what amounts to generosity the new testament calls us to be generous people we are to give proportionally to how God has blessed us God's blessed you with more you give more not equal gift but equal sacrifice we should give cheerfully not out of duty or obligation but out of a heart According to, to what we discern from God, that He has laid on our heart to give, and we should give sacrificially, like both that widow and the Macedonians. We, sh- we should give like like the Wesleys, who had a very simple three-prong giving, well, actually three-prong money strategy: earn all you can, save all you can, give away all you can. Why should we give? We're commanded. Yeah, get that, <laughs> but. We give because God has told us, but also the blessing. God blesses us by teaching us to fear Him. God blesses us by encouraging us to celebrate His provisions. Yes, through our less to provide for our needs, but also for the gospel ministry, his gospel ministry around the world. And we are blessed that we have a part to play in God's grand plan to care for others. We should give knowing the value of blessings received by the giver and those who benefit from the gifts, that that, that, that value is far greater Than the amount of any gift given financial stewardship is the greatest value at the least cost because of how god multiplies the gift to bring about his purposes let us pray father we thank you for your provisions for us we thank you for your provisions that bring about gospel ministry around this globe. We thank you that we can participate in laying up treasures in heaven. We thank you, Father, for all of the blessings that we've talked about today. And I pray, oh God, that you would continue to enable us to be faithful financial stewards for your glory and for the sake of your church.